Father, once again, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Speak to our hearts, O Lord. Speak to our spirit, man. Transform our mind. Wash us by the water of the word. Sanctify us and set us apart. Exhort, encourage, convict. And Lord, strengthen us in the inner man and in our faith to follow hard after you. To that end, I pray that you would, Lord, anoint the speaking and hearing of today's word. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' name, Amen. If I were to ask you this question, how many of you were never hurt in your life? Never, yes, yeah. So that's a fantastic question to ask. Okay, I didn't want any hands to raise. It's a good question also, and I sometimes I feel that uh, when I'm when I was sharing, I was preparing today's word, it was something which I was resisting because I thought I was preaching much beyond my measure of faith. Um, that's one of the struggles, but, you know, but I feel that uh, I wanted to be in tune with what we've been learning over the weeks in our church. We've been going through a period of intense hurt all around the world. And uh, and we've been constantly being exhorted. So I just titled today's teaching as um, Don't Waste Your Hurts. Okay. Don't waste your hurts. And I'm sure um, everybody would relate to what we, what I'll be sharing this morning. We, we look at Romans chapter 8, the verse that we looked at yesterday as well. And we know, verse 28 and 29 of 8, Romans 8, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. The seen and the unseen things. Okay. So many unseen um Perils that God saves us from. Don't even know. Um, the other day, I was on the roof. I mean, we. I just w- went for a walk all by myself. I was listening to a sermon um, because it's all locked down, right? So my landlord came and he was. He wanted to check the level of the water in the water tank. So he went up, checked the level, and he came back and he and he said, "Which I just want to tell you something." I said, "What is it?" I thought something very serious. Which a six and a half footer came into our home. I said, what six and a half footer? Uh, then I said, okay, click, suddenly clicked. It's a, it's a snake. Okay. A six and a half footer came, came into the house and I chased it. Auntie was looking to see where it was going and, uh, and it climbed up the tree and it was almost about to get into your balcony. Are all your, all your doors closed? Are all your doors closed? I said, yes, uncle, all the doors are closed. Don't worry, don't worry. Um, I chased it out and it's not a poisonous snake. Uh, it's only a rat eater. It's a, it's a, it just eats the rats and when the snake came, all the rats came outside and they started running. I said, yeah. So don't worry. I just came to tell you. I didn't want to tell Jacinth. Uh, I said, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to tell Jason because she'll be buried. I, I, she, they don't know that I get more worried than Jason. Uh, than Jason see, uh, you see, uh, and then I chased it. Don't worry, Vijay, I chased it. Uh, you have to get used to it. This is because uh, I've chased uh, Russell's Vipers, Cobras, and all kinds of snakes. I said, Boba, why is he giving me this list? Okay. So then then, uh, then I realized, you see, I, don't, I didn't even know that a snake came. And a snake went. Okay. And somebody just protected our home from the snake. So he came up, he broke the branches so the snake cannot, cannot come and climb into our balcony. He did everything, my landlord. Okay. 
So God is like that, no? So many unknown perils in our lives. And let me tell you something. There are hurts that God allows in our lives to save us from unknown perils that we don't even realize. Okay. And if, and if you look at this one particular verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things work together for the good. There's one guy, and, and you know, if you actually scan through the old covenant, you will know one person who actually confesses this at the end of his life. Yeah, anybody? Joseph, everybody knows it, right? He, cl- he claims this for us. And this is what he has to say in Genesis chapter 50 when his brothers come and, and you know, fall before his, before his feet, thinking that he's going to take revenge. This is what he has to say. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face and they said, behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to, the, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. For am I in the place of God? The first thing he does is he refuses to take the place of God. You know, one of the things that we keep, one of the lessons that we have to learn is to refuse to take the place of God, especially in the lives of our children. <laughs> As parents, we are always constantly <laughs> wanting to take the place of God and make decisions for them and trying to maneuver their minds to fulfill our dreams. Um, that happens. Okay, it happens with me also. So, th- and, and we have to just take a back seat many of, most of the times and let God be, you know, in their lives. But he, he says, I don't want to be in the place of God. And he says, he's not, he's not negating the reality of the situation and, and the things that they have committed against him. He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. And this is what he has to say at the end of his life. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke Kindly to them. You see, he was hurt, he was comforted, and therefore he's able to comfort others with the comfort that he received from God. But you know, the, 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 the verse that gives you a kick, you know, if you want to, if you want to really look at the verses in the life of Joseph, and every time you study the book of, I mean, the life of Joseph, it's always fresh. It's never, you know, it never loses its, uh, its, its, its freshness. It's so incredible. Every time you read it, you learn something fantastic from it, no? I mean, even though it's so familiar, those passages so seem so familiar. But look at what he has to say when he finally reveals himself, his identity to his brothers in Genesis chapter 45. Look at what he says. So Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. <laughs> But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves. You see, godly sorrow brings repentance, finally. Because you sold me here for God sent me. His entire perspective changes. He says, God sent me before you to preserve your life. For these two years, a famine has been in the land. And there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing, plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you. In the earth, save your lives by a great deliverance. And any, look at this, this is the kick verse, the, the kick verse, okay? So now, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Three times he says, God sent me, God sent me, God sent me. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh. Ah, that's fantastic. Lord to all of his house, a ruler throughout Egypt. 
Amazing, isn't it? That's the kick verse. Now, look, think about it. Now, think about it. If you look at this entire episode, he went through several testings. You will not see Potiphar's wife and Potiphar coming and apologizing to him. It's never recorded. Okay. They didn't, they didn't come and say, sorry, Joseph. We did this to you. See, the, 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 the tag that he might have had to do something with the so-called incident is still there. But you know what happens there? God exalts him to a, such a high position that whatever things people think about him is ir- irrelevant. No, that's exactly what happens to Jesus also, no? He is given a name above every name. And people in, in the, in the hell, in hell are still thinking that he is a criminal, but doesn't matter. You see, the exaltation that God gives finally doesn't matter because it doesn't, uh, I mean, what people think don't even matter because finally what God gives you when he exalts you just negates every pain and every hurt and every sorrow or every name people call you. You see, one man of God made a fantastic observation. He said, if Joseph's brother did not hate him, they would not have sold him to the Ishmaelites. If they would not have sold him to the Ishmaelites, he would not go down to Egypt. If he would not go down to Egypt, he would not have been bought by Potiphar. If he was not in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife would not tempt him or rather accuse him of rape falsely. If he was not accused falsely of rape, he would not go into prison. If he would not go into prison, he would not meet the butler and the baker. If he would not meet the butler and the baker, he would not interpret their dreams. If he would not interpret their dreams, he would not have the chance to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. If he would not interpret Pharaoh's dreams, he would not be given the opportunity to become the prime minister, to be a wise man, to save people through the famine. If you would not save people through the famine, there, there is a household back in Canaan, his own household, who would die of hunger. And if they die of hunger, Christ cannot come. And if Christ cannot come, you and I are still in our sins and will die. So, Joseph's brothers hated him for us. You see that? You can take that paradigm into your life also. Ultimately, you and I are supposed to become channels for the Messiah to reach into people's lives. And who was the channel? Joseph was the channel. For the Messiah to be, pre- to be preserved. So that one day, you and I can hear the gospel and be saved. You see? So, he was given that exalted position. But you know, some things had to happen in Joseph's life in order for him to reach that position. Okay, And Psalm 105 fantastically summarizes the steps that God took him through in order to make him the father of Pharaoh, the lord of his house, and the ruler of Egypt. <laughs> you see, how, how does it start? He becomes a what first? Father first. You see? Father. So not lord. Not ruler. Okay. First father. You see, father is a person, yes, he rules his home, but he doesn't lord over his home if he is a genuine father. Okay. Most of the time, parents are servants to their homes. Especially to their children. What are they doing? Most of the times they are doing taxi job. 
ड्रॉपिंग पिकिंग ड्रॉपिंग पिकिंग ड्रॉपिंग पिकिंग ड्रॉपिंग पिकिंग ड्रॉपिंग पिकिंग ड्रॉपिंग कोचिंग ड्रॉपिंग कोचिंग पिकिंग ड्रॉपिंग नो टैक्सी 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 देर देर इज देयर लाइफ इज फुल ऑफ देयर आर एक्चुअली मोस्ट ऑफ द टाइम देर डूइंग टैक्सी वर्क ओनली ओके एंड वॉट आर दे और वॉट आर द चिल्ड्रन सेंग डैडी आई एम सो ग्रेटफुल टू यू डैडी for being such a fantastic father and driving me did they say that to you no no even when they grow up if they say one word for abba great that also they will not say no but what do we do we are we are because we are fathers we do whatever it takes and we are not you know thinking about what they will say and how they, how they will respond we do it regardless no he becomes a father first and then he becomes a lord of his house no what a fantastic job no even if pharaoh's son has to ask for food pharaoh doesn't have the have the rights he has to come to prime minister <laughs> and he is the one who's going to make the decisions so this is this is this is a fantastic story no but the point here is this how what are the steps what are the what are the spiritual lessons that joseph had to learn through this process of of pruning if you will in order for him to become the father of pharaoh the lord of the house of pharaoh and ruler of egypt let's look at the summary the seven verses okay psalm 105 and and we will <coughs> start from verse 16 onwards moreover he called for a famine upon the land he broke the whole staff of bread he sent a man before them even joseph okay who was sold for a servant whose feet they hurt with fed, with fetters He was laid in iron until the time that his word came the word of the Lord tried him The king sent and loosed him even the ruler of the people and let him go free he made him lord of his house ruler of all his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators senators wisdom Israel also came into Egypt and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham eight verses Israel came into Egypt and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham you see one one um, one man of god pointed something very interesting he said if israel would have stayed back in canaan and not go into egypt you know egypt never egyptians they thought hebrews were what for them you know they're an abomination they never mingled with them if they were in canaan they would have mingled with the canaanites and the entire jewish race would have gone so god had to bring a famine <laughs> send them to egypt where egyptians would never mingle with them let them multiply and become a big nation and bring them out of canaan again into the prom- uh, from egypt into the Quran, into the promised land you see god is sovereign is working in in infinite different dimensions so that he can reach out to all of us so first we'll look at the first verse here which i want us to point out moreover he called for a famine upon the land he break the whole staff of bread you see the first thing is mentioned of course uh jacob is uh, joseph is been pre- prepared for this task to save a people through famine but one thing one thing is very important famines are so important in our lives very very important arkads one of my favorite teachers this is what he has to say we know this fa- famous uh, statement right power corrupts yeah absolute power corrupts absolutely look at look at what he says this is this this is what he says crisis reveals absolute crisis reveals absolutely your own heart you see we are a people when things go well with us we will not listen to god this is this is not what 
I am saying, this is what God has to say. He says in Deuteronomy 2, he says, when Jeshurun waxed fat, he kicked. This is, look at what he says in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 21. This is what he has to say. Different translations. I want, to, I want you to look at this. I spoke to you in your prosperity, but you said, I will not hear. This has been your manner from your youth, that you will not obey my voice. Okay. <laughs> I spoke to you in your prosperity. Another translation, NIV, look at what it says. I warned you when you felt secure. It's exactly what, we, what we've been doing through 13 years, no 12 years. Warning, 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 warning when there was no COVID. We thought COVID will never come to India. We said, Baba, Indians are immune to so many diseases. What is COVID? We have in, inbuilt systems. We don't even take flu shots when we go abroad. Now that's what the first thing when I went to Canada, they said, we have to take flu shots. I said, what flu shots? No, 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 no. The weather is changing. We have to take flu shots. I said, Baba, huh, flu shots. I am not afraid of flu. Flu is afraid of me. I am from India. Okay, we have a built-in bacteria tuberculosis by a default bacteria in our, in our lungs. It is already there. You know that, right? Okay, we are having an immune system which is so natural, so we took it so easy. Are we are Indian, nothing can touch us. Because we have always been sick. We felt secure. <laughs> you see, we felt very, very secure. But you said, I spoke to you when you were secure. And you said, I will not listen. This has been your way from your youth. You have not obeyed me. NIV, another translation. Okay. I warned you when you were prosperous. But you reply, don't bother me. <laughs> I don't want to be bothered. You know what does apathy means? Somebody asked the question to somebody. What is the meaning of apathy? He said, I don't know. I don't care. That is apathy. Hmm? Okay. Don't bother me. You have been that since childhood. You simply will not obey me. So, so many parents will say that, no? To their children. When they grow up, you are right from childhood. This has been your situation. You, you will never... Do whatever I asked you to do. I spoke to you when you were secure. And you said, don't bother me. Message. <laughs> Interesting. This is the final nail on the coffin. Okay. I spoke to you when everything was going your way. You see, everybody wants everything to go their way. And you said, I am not interested. I am not interested. Don't bother me. I will not obey. I will not hear. You have been that way as long as I have known you. Never listen to a thing that I said. So, when did this happen? When prosperity was around. So, what, what does God have to do? First, he has to break the staff of our bread. Kharupu, <laughs> mandale. Your stomach has to burn. See, it's a, I didn't put it in Ezekiel, he says, I will break the staff of your bread. And you know what is going to happen? You will measure your food and eat. Okay, so many grains for today. So many, so much of atta for today. You see, when everything is good in your house, ah, you will waste atta like that. You will throw food like that. But when everything is, you know, supply is low, little grain also. Don't waste food. Don't throw it. Etc, etc, etc. Why? You will stop. You will begin to value little, little things in your life when I break the staff of bread in your life. You know, when I was growing up, one of the things our elders used to say, don't give him food for one day. He will not die. How cruel. It's a good lesson to learn. 
how can you be so cruel to your child? You don't know. <laughs> when this happens, then he will come to his. Ah, that's exactly what happened to the prodigals. And now, what do you think prodigals return? When the staff of bread is broken in his life, suddenly everything will come out. Are in my father's house, even the servants they ate very well. You start to, you'll begin to appreciate little little graces. Five rupees, you will, you will value. I put it here, five rupees. Five rupees you will value. Ten cents you will value. I am telling out of experience. Okay. I am telling out of experience. Little, little, little things you will value. The problem is, we have come to a generation where they don't value little graces. We think that, you know, they deserve. What do you call as entitlement mentality? It's very important. Therefore, God has to teach us through famine. We have to learn the lessons of famine. That is the reason that fasting is good. See, most of the teachings that we we read as our Bible reading, people have gone through afflictions to get it. They just didn't get it like that. 40 days and 40 nights, Moses was in the top of the mountain, the first ordained fast. Who said that? Who ordained that fast? God ordained. Please, please come up and be there. Enumerate the Ten Commandments quickly. No, wait there. Quickly, no, it's not going to happen quickly. 40 days and 40 nights, you're going to be there in my presence. Something's going to happen to you. It is just not going to be an impartation of Gyan. It is going to be an experience. You will see the presence of God. You will, you will say, you know what? When I saw the presence, it says in Hebrews chapter 13, I quaked, even Moses quaked. Hebrews 12, if I'm right. He says, I also trembled. See, you have to go through it. See, that is the reason why, like Pastor, I don't want, I, I, Cannot agree more with pastor. It's a negative statement. Okay, don't quote me out of context. Okay, he cannot agree with pastor, and they cut it. Like all the, all the media people do. No, he cannot agree. No, no, no. I cannot agree more with pastor when he said we don't fight the devil. We fight who? God. You see, this is what he says in Deuteronomy chapter eight. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to what? To humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart. Who has to know? You have to know how terrible you are. That's exactly what happens you know, even during Israel's time. They are going through a such a terrible famine. Two mothers are fighting as to when they should boil their babies and eat. And God warned them already in Deuteronomy. It was not that they were not without warning. Problem is, in your prosperity, if I speak to you, you will not listen. Therefore, what should you do? Lord, when I'm, in, when I'm going through prosperity, let me hear. Even Job had to learn a lesson that God is merciful and compassionate when he went through what? Famine. The lessons that famine teaches us. Lessons that hunger teaches us. Lessons that lack teaches us. So important for a child of God. You know what will happen? Little, little things you will value. Otherwise you will not value a salary. Even salary 30,000 rupees more. Look at my, 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 my fellow. He is earning 1.5 lakh rupees. 30, you don't even know. So many people don't even have that. You know that? Don't forget this. And then he goes on to say, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and then fed you to fed you with manna which you did not know. In other words, what is manna? The word of God. In other words, best condition for understanding the word of God is empty stomach. Do you know that? 
not a full stomach <laughs> you're all looking at me i'm telling you honestly baba where do you think people got revelations in prison when they're going through suffering not when their stomach is full see so he has to break the staff of bread what was the iniquity of sodom fullness of bread and abundance of idleness and he says this is the iniquity that they have what they had fullness of bread this is the iniquity of your sister sodom uh, ezekiel chapter 30 uh, 16 verse 48 onwards almost uh, we don't have to turn there i didn't put it here so he has to break the staff of bread so you will appreciate little little graces in your life you will appreciate one grain of food one ro- one crumb of bread <laughs> 10 cents in your in your in your uh, uh, in your bank account see understand this okay so no don't ever take things for granted it's good it's good that is the reason why you know what uh, david has to say it was good that i was afflicted so my so my so i might learn your statutes before i was afflicted what happened to me i went astray that's exactly what happens when you become fat there are five kinds of sheep no one one kind of sheep is fat fish fat sheep fat sheep what god has to feed them he has to feed them discipline it's good so everybody can say in your own heart don't have to say it loudly lord thank you for the famines in my life say that to yourself okay thank you lord for the famines in my life thank you i don't want to waste those famines i want to appreciate them i want to learn frugality i want to learn the fact that i don't need much to survive and when i learn that i don't need much to survive you know what will happen to you the abundance that you have you will put it away so that you can give to others okay one of the things that you can constantly keep doing every year of your life okay every year from year to year we are coming to the end of the year no it's interesting that every 52nd week uh, of every year comes to me 52nd week of a of a of a, of of, of a, the academic year as well as the 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 the, the calendar year this today is the 52nd week of our 13th year think about it if you have to measure the your giving the last year has it increased okay 10% christians only still 10% only or has it increased to 15% to 20% to 25% i don't know think 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 about it you know i'm not putting any laws over here you know this is something which you have to constantly keep asking us it's lot how much am i actually giving away okay let's move on exodus chapter 15 so moses so crisis reveals absolute crisis reveals absolutely now they just come out of of the of of egypt they have a red sea experience they come out of it Three days, Moses brought Israel from Red Sea. They went into uh, wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of the place was called Mara, and the people complained against Moses, saying, "What shall we drink?" So he cried out to the Lord, and he and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. You see that? and then and he said if you diligently heed the voice of our, of your god and do what is right in his sight give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes i will put none of these diseases you which you have which uh, on you which i have brought on egyptians for i am the lord who heals you so he has to show the bitterness in their own heart and god keeps on 
allowing situations to 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 see our own words hebrews chapter 12 look at what it says in hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of god lest any root of bitterness springing up he has to show okay again another statue another place uh, they they are there in um, a place called elim they are enjoying themselves at elim springs of water and uh, lot of palm trees around and then immediately God says, move out of this place. And then again, hunger. Right? And then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children said, oh, that we have died by the hand of God in the land of Egypt. Why did you bring us out? To kill us with hunger? And then again, he makes a statute. Look at what it says in Exodus chapter 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day. Six days you shall carry your quota gather your quota and on the seventh day what should you do? Rest. And what did these guys do on the sixth day? And the seventh day they went. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather but they found none and the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commands and my laws? You see he's constantly keeping, keep on teaching us. Another final crisis is the crisis of leadership. This is another revealer of our hearts. Exodus chapter 32. This is when Moses has gone to receive the law for 40 days. <coughs> now when people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And then what happens? Immediately they make a golden calf. That is the reason why in First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 19, this is what he has to say, Paul has to say, There must also be schisms among you. That they which are approved may be made manifest. He has to test us. So that those who are in the side of the Lord, they will come to him. Finally. And you know this. In Exodus chapter 32 verse 4 onwards. <clears throat> then Aaron said, this is your God, O Israel. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar. Tomorrow is a feast of the Lord. They rose early. Offered burnt offerings. Offered peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to. What happened? Crisis revealed the idols in their heart. You see. That's what Stephen has to say in Acts chapter 7. This is what he says, Stephen, <clears throat> to uh, the Sanhedrin. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the, with the angel who spoke to him in Mount Sinai and with our fathers, the one who received this, the living oracles to, uh, to, uh, to give to us, whom our fathers would not obey but rejected. And in their hearts they turned back to Egypt. And look at what he says, saying to Aaron, make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses whom, who brought us out out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to the idol and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. And this is what happened. And then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven as it is written in the prophets. Look at what it says. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness of house of Israel? You also took up the tabernacle of Molech. Where, where, did, where did this happen? In the wilderness. See, In the wilderness all this is happening. You see. So every test, every crisis is a revealer of our hearts. What do we depend upon? Where do we run to? What is our Aadhaar? <laughs> What is our source? What is our staff on, on which we lean on? You see. So, we never, 
we should we should ask god lord even when i'm going through all kinds of situations especially when i'm going through lack what are you teaching me and one of the lessons that we need to learn my my brothers and sisters is the is the lesson of frugality okay tighten your belts okay what should, what is coming famine is coming honestly tighten your belts famine is coming you see i got this uh, trouser stitched one of the things why i got it stitched to a particular measure is it tells me exactly what happened to my belly over a period of time when i have to fast and when i have to not to fast okay it's a perfect measure when i sit it will it will press me and i said okay increasing <laughs> prosperity is coming <laughs> okay what is this prosperity okay whatever it is sugar whatever hmm? time to fast detox your mind not your body time to okay so that i learn the lessons honestly you no know, how much money we waste when we have little which comes into the bank account before we know it it disappears and we have fantastic ways of making the money disappear we have what qr codes these days gone 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 at least when we had cash we knew how much was there in our hands we were in control now who is in control qr code hey who is in control qr code and we spend it to the last dime isn't it true you see learn the lessons of frugality you see don't waste lacks periods of lack in your life especially when your children you know when you are going you have to go through it as a family and parents should not be ashamed to tell what is how much is how much money is coming in how much you don't have any false pride teach your children right from childhood this is what it is this is what is coming this is what is going out this is our situation don't ever say we can't afford it is that we can afford god doesn't want to us to have it right now simple because we our bread comes from him frugality saving thrift you see these are things that we have lost in our generation we want the salary why we want to splurge that is what we want to do it is the pursuit of pleasure and avoidance of pain that is how we have characterized our generation this is a this is the this is what we call as a slogan and the philosophy of our age is what pursuit of pleasure and avoidance of pain and irony of it all you see is all around us pain now learn therefore learn the lessons let's go to the next verse in psalm 105 and verse 16 so he broke the staff of bread first and in order for him to be prepared for that period of famine or for that state for uh, for a for that uh, situation of famine that was going to come in in the future he had to send a man before them he had to send a man before them you know the question is this is these are very very important truths the point is can you be sent can you be sent see this is not easy things these are not easy uh, easy truths to 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 um to learn and digest hajam nahi hota hai sab kuch it's it's very 
that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm prophesying beyond my faith today. I'm hoping I will catch up. <laughs> he has to send a man before. What is this? What is to be sent? Who can be sent? Those only those people who are available can be sent. It is a spiritual state. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 37 about, about Joseph. This is Joseph when he was 17 years old. Okay. What kind of a family was he in? Perfect family. Perfectly dysfunctional family. Okay, I forgot to put dysfunctional. Perfectly dysfunctional family. Father has four wives. Father has 12 children through four wives. They all got along so well. No. Competition of the first order. Jealousy. Envy. Ten were rogues. And one guy, I don't know whether to still characterize him as a gentleman or not. I still don't know. Because when he, let's, let's see, okay. I'll come, I don't want to go ahead of myself. Genesis chapter 37, let's read. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will what? Send you to them. Now, who sent him? God sent him. But who's sending him actually? His father sent, is sending him. Okay. So he said, here I am. You see, this is what, this is one of my favorite verses, words in the, in the Hebrew language, you know. What is cheneni? Here I am. I am available. Now, this word is a very, very sacred word. It's a spiritual condition. You don't come to this point in one day. Abraham was called. Where, when he was in the Ur of the Chaldeans, it says the God of Abraham, the God of glory appeared to our fathers Abraham when he was still in the Ur of Chaldeans. So who was leading him? Terah was leading him. Where did he come? He came to Haran. At Haran, God, Terah died and God reappeared to him and he says, leave your father's house or leave everything and come to the land which I'm showing you. He leaves and he comes to the promised land and God says, I will bless you, I will make you a blessing. Those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. And I love that verse. I love that verse. Those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. I'll tell you, you know, this is because I, I, I've mentioned it so many times in the, in some, some of, several of my teachings. I was, this was in Montreal, okay. Montreal is one of the Jew capital of, of North America. Okay, there's a huge Jewish population there. You know, and I used to, I used to live close to the Jew, Jew colony. I was walking to my apartment, snowy day. Absolutely, I mean, you, this, you guys went to snow, and you know it's not very pretty all the time, right? For a few time, few days, it's okay to enjoy snow, but after a while, it gets really frustrating. I had to walk almost, almost like about half a kilometer from the bus stop to reach to my, reach to my apartment. I was walking, speaking on the phone, and suddenly in the snow, one guy with a yamuka, you know what a yamuka is, right? The skull cap the Jewish people wear. No, he comes to me and he says, "Sir, uh, can you give me some money? I want to. I don't have food to eat." And I looked at this Jewish guy and I said, "What is this oxymoron? You being a Jew, asking me a Gentile? I mean, I'm like a Samaritan woman over there, no? Asking me for money? Jew is asking me Indian, okay? Then you know something? At that point, I was. I just wanted to." Uh, say, no, I'm a, I'm a student, right? What, how much do I have? I looked at him and I said, immediately a verse came to my mind. He said, if you bless the seed of Abraham, I will bless you. If you curse the seed of Abraham, I will curse you. That verse came to my mind immediately. At that instant, I took him to the closest co- coffee shop or something. I just gave him 
whatever I had. God is no man's debtor. Okay, I have a laptop which was given to me by a Jew. Five dollars. What an equation, no? Tops fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, I tell you, you see, so Abraham comes to Abraham. Abraham comes to the promised land. He builds an altar. What comes? Famine comes. And I said, crisis reveals, absolute crisis reveals, absolutely, he has no problems selling his wife. God intervenes, brings him back to the from the promised land. And again, he rebuilds the altar. Again, there's strife, crisis again. Absolute crisis reveals, absolutely, he asks his nephew, take the first, take the first choice. His nephew goes, ungrateful nephew goes, and God says, look to the left, to the right, to the north, to the south, I'm giving you this land. And then what happens? He builds another, uh, another altar there, and then he hears this news that his nephew has been, has been captured, so he goes and rescues his nephew, he meets Melchizedek, okay, and then he tells Bera, sorry, I don't want your money, just give the, just give a few of uh, some of some money for these guys who came and accomp- accompanied me, and then in chapter fifteen, God comes comes to him and he says, "You know what? I am your shield. I am your extremely great reward." What is the problem? What is the what is the points, Lord? I don't have anything. This Eliezer is my is my heir, and God says, "No, I'm going to give you." And He says, "Abraham believed in God, and He ca- created him as righteousness." Chapter sixteen, He creates an Ishmael. Chapter seventeen, God comes to him and He says, "Walk thou before Me, and be thou, blame, be thou blameless." Chapter eighteen, He intercedes for Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Chapter nineteen, then Isaac is born. He throws the bond woman and the son. Chapter twenty. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 19 he doesn't. Chapter 20, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he lies again to Abimelech. And then chapter 21, he throws the bondwoman and the son. And chapter 22, all these testings. And finally, God says in Genesis chapter 22, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. How many days it took? How many years it took for Abraham to come to the point and, and say, Lord, here I am? At least 30 years, 35 years. 35 to 40 years. This is not, these are not, these are not simple things. God has to deal so in such different ways in our lives where we come and finally surrender and say, Lord, here I am. God has to close so many doors. Pastor was talking about uh, his doors closed being when he was, when, when he went over for an interview in Kerala. I can tell you 25 interviews like that. Everywhere I send my resume. Go to the interview. You wouldn't believe me when he was talking about his mind going blank. I went to an interview. I was making mistakes on the board. Such blatant mistakes. And I'm saying, hello, this is not what I'm thinking. When I'm actually teaching the same course in the class, I'm like a pro. And when I go to the board, I'm making such blunders. Those fellows are laughing. Uh, you're from IIT. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and the insult to injury was, when I came out of the interview board with my tail in between my legs, the guy there in the, you know, the, 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 the guy who looked at my resume, right? He was the one who forwarded my resume to him. Sir, your resume looks fantastic, sir. I am sure you must have aced the interview. How much salary did you demand, sir? 1.5 lakhs? I said, "Uh uh-huh, really? (laughs) If they give me a job, you wouldn't believe it, no. Everywhere, knocking, knocking, knocking. 
doors closing, closing, closing. And finally, after I come to full-time ministry, somebody calls me, sir, your resume is fantastic once again, sir. Can you come? I said, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I am not coming and making a fool of myself again. It takes such process for God to break us and to bring us to a point where we'll say, you know what? Here I am. 20 years for our great father, Jacob. In breeding season, I once had a dream in which I looked up. When did you have this dream, Baba? (laughs) After 20 years, getting spooked literally by your your Laban, you were like, what? Like, you were like, today you are going to sleep with me. I bought bought you, okay? I purchased you today. Okay, please come. This guy has no words. He cannot even lead his family. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord said to me in the dream, Jacob. And I answered. You know why he caught him in the dream? (laughs) Otherwise he would never say that. (laughs) Still fighting. Still fighting. Many of you are like that. Fighting, 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 fighting. To come to the point where you'll say, okay Lord, whatever you say I will do. Here I am. Joseph learned when he was 17 years old, but we learned. See, that is the reason why many of us believers die hard. <laughs> that movie is for, for, for us, not for uh, Bruce Wills. Exodus chapter 3. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside, who turned aside, Baba? Moses. To take that one turn, how many years? 40 years. 40 years for one turn. For one turn, my dear brothers. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Many of you are like Samuel. Would to God there would be Samuels when you will surrender to God when you are young. I am telling you, you surrender to God when you are young and you make your children surrender to God when you, when, you, when you are young, you will have no issues. The word of the Lord will not fall from our Samuel's mouth. From Dan to Beersheba he was established as a prophet. 1 Samuel chapter 3. The word then that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli. Or maybe they're like that armor bearer. Jonathan's armor bearer, remember? First Samuel chapter 14. Jonathan said to the young man who was who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by few or by many. So his armor said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you. Are you there for God? He sent a man. But that guy has to say what? Here. See, God will never over over uh, overrule our free will. He has given us all our free will. But he's engineering all circumstances in our lives so that you will say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Cheneni! I like that, you know. When, when he forgives Isaiah, Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 6. And the Lord touched my mouth with it. And, and behold, he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity has taken away. Your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. Now he has cleansed him. He has forgiven him. He has granted him the gift of salvation, if you want, if you want to put it in those terms. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? You know what he says? Lord, here I am. Here I am. So sending... You should be available for God first. 
you should be available it's not a it's a it's a state saying lord whatever you ask me to do i will do whomever you place me under i will obey i will not run until and unless you move me you move me you have to otherwise i have put my tishta over here i put my bed over here i'm going to sleep here i'm going to die here until you move that kind of a resolve you should have otherwise what will happen you see you know many of us we have look you look at each of your each of your own lives examine yourselves how many situations god has engineered in your life so that you will come to a point in your, in your life when you say finally lord here i am so many right so many incidences Psalm 105. Let's go back. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He break the whole star for bread. He sent a man who was sold as a servant. Sold sold for a servant. And verse 8. Whose feet they hurt with fetters. Now, he's not talking about just feet. He was laid in iron. Other translations will use the word. They, the iron entered into his soul. See, God, God takes you Okay, and then he breaks you. We hear that. Now, how does he break break you? He breaks you through relationships. He will break you through hurts. He will break you through misunderstandings. C.S. Lewis, Four Loves. If you haven't read it, read it. And get convicted, okay? Just don't read for the sake of reading, okay? He has to, he makes a Powerful statement. Look at what he says. C.S. Lewis. Just let us read it carefully. There is no safe investment. Because every relationship is an investment. Do you know that? Okay. Okay. It's a relationship. Jacob invested seven years of his life. For who? For Rachel. And they seemed like, kya baat hai? Few days. Love is blind. Marriage was definitely an eye-opener for him. <laughs> Behold, it was Leah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> you see, his eyes were open, not Leah's. His and, and then he's what, 14 years for Rachel. You know, there's a song in which was to don't break my heart, my achy, breaky heart. My achy, my breaky heart. Nonsense. Okay. But there is no safe investment. Every relationship is an investment. My wife is looking at me like that from the corner of her eye. I know. Yes, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is no safe investment. Every investment is a risk. Okay, no. The church invested into my life. I'm not ashamed to say that. <laughs> it's a risk. <laughs> it's a risky investment. Who knows? And then he says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. You should ask those people who have love failures. I know my brother, one of my cousins, when he was going through a breakup, Vijay, something in my heart, I said, now I know that was circumcision. Okay, but anyways. 
it's painful okay hmm? my heart is aching ra yeah love anything and your heart will suddenly be wrung possibly be broken if you want to make sure of keeping it intact you must give your heart to no one not even to an animal so we are very careful not to have pets us they are crazy they have pythons also which they which eat them by the way and they write their entire properties to the pythons which eat them kya baat hai anyway don't give it to any even to an animal then he goes on to say wrap it carefully wrap it carefully round with hobbies with little luxuries avoid all entanglements lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness but in that casket it's called a cave like pastor was saying no but in that casket safe dark motionless airless it will change what will happen to it it will not be broken it will become unbreakable impenetrable irredeemable the alternate to tragedy or at least to the risk of tragedy is damnation the only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers and perturbations of love is hell put that in your spiritual pipes and smoke it if i can put one line i can retire i mean if i can <laughs> really if i can write something like this i will retire four loves cs lewis what in other words if you want to love somebody they will hurt you period children will hurt you parents might hurt children husbands will hurt their wives and wives will hurt their husbands and one of the most painful things to go through is separation in a marriage it's not easy because it's heart wrenching because it's a mystery god says that is the reason why he says i hate divorce why because he has invested himself and he looks at israel and he says boss i was married to you and you are wanting to go after idols you know what i'm going to do i'm going to give you a certificate of divorce and let you go you don't want to be hurt don't fall in love but the problem is this no we are made for relationships you know <laughs> one man of god prakash gantela the other day I was listening to him just put a bunch of flowers here in this in, the, in this hall what will happen you will just appreciate the flowers put a bunch of young men and women over here they will fall in love <laughs> it is the natural law because we are made for relationships yeah you see that because deep down inside of our heart we are made for that why do you think adam broke into a song ha huh, he fell in love you see you see the point is this these are hurts and the problem is the hurts are three kinds you hurt people they hurt you you saw people they hurt you okay you love people and invest into their lives they forget you how are you going to take these lessons into your life will make you a father a lord and a ruler keep that ultimate picture in your mind what is god wanting to make you into a father see let let me tell you something ultimately when you become when like he tells the laudation church he says if you overcome i will give you the authority to sit on my 
throne and rule. Now, when you rule with Jesus, all those people who hurt you, will it matter? What do you think? Pastor, they still think that that, uh, I did this. (laughs) Come on. What are you? Prince. Ruler. You are ruling with Jesus. You have authority. I don't know what we will do. Maybe we'll create new universes. I don't know. I don't know. I can only imagine. All the mathematics I couldn't learn over here, maybe I'll learn there. And maybe, I don't know. And I will speak equations and they will become, I don't know, pieces of art. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just imagining. Okay, everybody can have their own imagination, isn't it? You see? Pastor said something. <laughs> No crime reports, exactly. No, no. You see, you see, you see. This is this is this is something which he's going to do. And what will happen to all the hurts which you, which you went through? That is the reason why you know what Paul says: these light and momentary afflictions are giving me a far more eternal weight. What weight? Not hundred kilos, not one quintal, not one ton infinite weight of glory. Oof! I can only imagine. I can only imagine. You need to have sanctified imaginations, my brothers. See, you have to look at your pain in that light. Otherwise, you will lose the lessons of famine and hurt. And it is bound that if you are invested into any relationship for that matter, you are bound to get hurt. The point is, first thing, of course, there are, as I said, you hurt people, people hurt you. Look at, that is the first category, okay? Let us see Genesis chapter 37. When his brother saw that their father loved him more, recipe for disaster in any home. If you love one sibling more than the other, I'm telling you, my dear brothers and sisters, you are creating a recipe for disaster and envy in that home. If you show that. And if your children are not mature enough to handle it. You see. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak kindly, peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers. Now the interesting thing is that they got the interpretation. Now he was not giving information. You know what we say now? When you have some, I like, like, you know, children are, no? Mommy gave me more. You didn't give me anything. Uh, 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 uh. What will happen to that? That's exactly what he's doing. Now, Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. No, they don't want to hear, Baba. Leave, leave them alone. You see, why do you want to speak and get into trouble? But you know what? We have this, we have this thing in our hearts. Let us make other people jealous. <laughs> you know? Come, 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 come. Hold my hand, hold my hand. Other people will be jealous, okay? Understand this. This is how human nature is. Then what happens? There were binding sheaves in the field. Interesting, right? It's ultimately going to be about sheaves. They also, they ultimately will come for what? Grain. Then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed rule over us? 
Or shall you indeed have dominion? That means you're going to be Lord and you're going to be ruler, but not going to be father. Ah, that's a problem. You are not a father. You are just coming and showing off. Shall you indeed reign over us? Shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now the problem is this fellow get, takes it one notch higher. Goes and tells his father also. He upsets his father. Anyway. Then he dreamed still another dream. Told his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time the sun and the moon. What do you think the 11 stars represented? You right? So he told it to his father and his brother's father rebuked him and said to him, you see, see, in all this what he was doing, what was he doing? He was hurting his brothers. Do you think he was not hurting his brothers? You see, if you have, if you have privileges, if you have special, special talents, if you have special giftings, if God has given you special things, it is not to show off, my dear brothers. It is to help others. And act as if you don't have them actually. You remember Jesus? When he comes and heals somebody, quietly heals, quietly leaves. Who healed you? I don't know. They don't even know. You are healed. Shh, don't tell it to anybody. No show off. Don't show off. And when they wanted to make him king forcibly, he ran for his life and he sent his disciples also. You see This is very important. What we do? What do we do? We hurt others with our words. His words that God has given so many times, the visions and the promises and the revelations God give us, hurt others. They don't encourage others. They don't build others. They bring down others. That is the reason why now Paul says you have so many instructors, you have only one father. That is me. Understand? What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your brother and mother, mother and I and your brothers indeed come to you and bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. You see, are you other-centered or me-centered? That's the question. Very important question. Then what happens? Finally, he's captured and he's thrown in Genesis chapter 39. This is what happens. And so, it, sorry, 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 40, says 30, this is 30, yes. yeah. He hurt others, yeah. He hurt others and his brothers hated him. Okay. So next, next is Madam Patifar. Next hurt. You hurt them, they hurt you. Okay. Next is, you worked and somebody hurt you. It says, Patifar's wife Cast what eyes? Longing eyes. I mean, actually, you know what? You have to feel sorry for Potiphar's wife. You know, I'll tell you something. You know, this is our generation is like that. What has what has happened in our generation? We have objectified women. Okay. Now, what do they do? They dress so that others will cast longing eyes upon them. This is there, inbuilt in this in their system. Okay. What do they, what, what is it? My identity is when others appreciate me. And especially the opposite gender. 
us. It's, this is our generation. We have objectified. The whole thing is about the figure. <laughs> it's interesting, right? The, he looked at Rachel and he saw what? The figure. And he fell. You know why? He said, if I marry this woman, I will have meaning in my life. Look at the kind of woman that I married. You know what Jesus is tell, it's about it's it's told about Jesus. He has no form or comeliness. That's exactly. He looked at Rachel and she was comely. And we look at Jesus and he is not comely. You see, she cast longing eyes. And then, of course, you know the story. She called to the men of the, her house and, uh, she, uh, and, and so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of, the, of her house and spoke to them saying, see, he has brought us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. Look at the drama. It's what we call as hashtag me too. And it happened when he heard that, when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. Look at what it says. And she kept his garment with her until her master came home. He doesn't say her husband came. And she spoke to him with words like this, like these saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me. So it happened as I lifted up my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. Now think about it. Look at the next verse. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. There are certain things which are absent over here. Next verse. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was at whom? My understanding is not at Joseph, at the woman. What? This guy? He did this? He? I know you. I know this guy. You see, let me tell you why, why I feel that Potiphar's, Potiphar cannot believe his wife. If he's, if he really believed his wife, his wife, do you think he would have just put him in prison? And what he would have done? What do you think he would have done? Killed him. That's it. See, all of you know men who really fell in love with their wives. If you touch my girl, I'm coming after you. Right? Something on the male ego. You touch my girl, you become an Italian. You, you, this is exactly what happens to you. And this, this guy is, I, I know you. I know this guy. But he was angry. I don't think he was angry at Joseph. He was angry. Period. Then Ma, and Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison. A place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was in the prison. Hurt. Falsely accused. Unjustly accused. What are you going to do? Are you going to defend yourself? Master, master, you know me, right? You know me. Will I do such a, such a thing like this? Tell me something. You go onto the streets. If a woman says something about you, what will happen? If people are on, will they believe you or will they believe the woman? Huh? Right? So that is the reason why you just stay away. When they are driving, stay away. 
stay away. Don't even try. Because it's good. See, ultimately we have to honor them as a weaker vessel, Baba. Okay. For whatever majburi they have to drive their own cars, okay, fine, we appreciate that. And we we give them way and we go. Because if you hit them, you are in trouble. Even if it's their mistake. Okay. This is lessons which I have learned in my life also. Okay. Not personally. Uh, don't, pers- don't, don't get me wrong. Okay. I have seen. Okay. Then I said, no, 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 no. Stay away. Stay away. Anything can happen. I am telling you, I have seen it in my own office, in my college. Every year, the girls will come to your office and they will do song and dance. Sir, you know, sir, I, I did this, sir. Why is this dancing over here, Baba? Did you understand what I did in the circuit? I don't know, sir. What grade are you expecting me to give you? I don't know, sir. What will you do? So I would, I would ignore if I get emails from other students, from female students, I would say, sorry, you're not working with my lab. Ignore. I don't want. You see, dangerous. You see, this is me, okay? I'm not just generalizing this. I'm just talking about this situation. You have to be careful. You have to put boundaries around you and don't cross those boundaries, you see. In, in, in Telugu, it's called prema sarihaddu. Boundaries of love. And what has happened? No, he can't even defend himself because he is a slave, one thing. He's a man. And what can he say? In 1 Peter chapter 2, you know what it says? Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. Not only to the good and to the gentle, but to also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. Kya baat hai? This is a Gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. Now let me tell you something. I'm not saying that there is no uh, sexual uh, 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 harassment in workplaces. It is there. It is there. Okay. It's not that professors don't take uh, advantage. It is there. It's there. Nothing to hide. See? But the problem is, it's not that always one party is wrong. One endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit it is if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure. But if you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing where? In the sight of God. Why? Look at what it says in the next verse. For, for, for. To this you have been called. Everybody say that. To this I have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But what? Continued. This is just not one day. Continued entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. You know what he was saying? My vindication is you, Lord. My vindication is you. My vindication is you. My righteousness comes from you. And what do we say also? Lord, my righteousness comes from you. No weapon formed against me will prosper. They can say all kinds of things. But you know, Lord. You know my heart. Hurt. When you have done something, you have blessed them and you have been accused wrongfully and you are hurt. How do you take it? You see, the... That, what is it? What, what do we call it? The, the, you have this anger deep down inside of you. Lord, I want to vindicate myself. Vindicate me. One of the things, one, one of the things which I wrote in my Bible. One day when I was going through some real, real tough time, okay. I wrote it. I said, Lord, vindicate me. 
But you know what? He said, yes, I will vindicate you in my time. <laughs> when is that going to happen? I don't know. Maybe on the other, other side of eternity. Vindicate me. Sometimes you cannot do anything. What, is, what will you do? Will you take it patiently? Will you take it patiently? Will you allow the hurts to bother you and get into some misery? Or are you going to allow God to mold you through these hurts? Finally, how many of you had situations in your life where you did so much to others and that fellow didn't even say one thank you to you? I had. I'm sure you also had. Genesis chapter 14. But remember me when it is well with you and please show kindness. To whom is he saying? To the butler, not to the baker. Okay. The butler showed, told him, told him his dream and he gave him a positive response. The baker showed him his, told him his dream and he gave a negative response. And he got a negative response. Okay. Alright. So Joseph is a guy, kind of guy we also should be. We should give positive to people who need positive and negative to people who need to hear the negative. But then he says, please show kindness. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. And what happened to that guy? That guy immediately forgets. Not even a single day he remembers. Next day he's forgotten. He forgot so easily. He forgot all the benefits. That is the reason why. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not. We have a fantastic capacity to forget all the benefits and to remember all sins. And what does God do? He forgets all our sins. And he says, I do not even remember your sins. But, benefits. Even if you show a favor like a cup to a prophet, what am I going to do? I am going to give you a prophet's reward. If you show kindness to the poor, you have given, you are in debt to me. Look at God, how we are and how God is. You see, one of the things, one of the spirits that characterizes the last days, you know what? It is an ungrateful spirit. You might have really done good to people and they will not have thanked you. You know something? One day God is going to thank you like crazy. And that thanks you will not even believe. And that thank you note will be not like one thank you note saying thank you Vijay. No, 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 no. It is going to be thank you with a, with a reward. And that reward will just blow your mind. Think about it. You show kindness to the poor, you are going to be in debt to God. He will return back with what interest? With interest, not normal simple interest. Compound interest. That somebody said, no, what is the greatest invention of the Jew? The principle of compound interest. Where did they learn it from? God. That is the reason why it's very important that you have recurring deposits. Mm. Okay. You'll get compound interest. Have recurring deposits with God. That is the reason why he says, use unrighteous mammon to save souls. And when you get, 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 go there, you'll get a rich entrance. They will invite you into everlasting dwelling places. Have gratitude. What has happened to these fellows? They don't show kindness to him. How are you going to respond? Second, Second Timothy chapter 3. Look at this. Look at what it says. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days because people will be terrible people. Basically, that is the point. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. What is Lock in there for a while. Okay. Let it get into your minds. 
disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. Lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying. So what do you do? When people are ungrateful to you, what do you say? Lord, thank you for showing my own heart. So many times I am ungrateful to you. You'll start thanking God for little, little things in your life. So you hurt people, people hurt you. So what do you do? Cry out like Jacob. Sorry, like like, uh, Joseph. Genesis chapter 42. Sorry. And they said to one another, this is Simeon recalling, I think Reuben recalling, we are very guilty concerning our brother. In that we saw the anguish of his soul. When he besought us, in other words, when he threw them into the pit, you know what, what, what was happening? Reuben, Anna, Anna, sorry Anna, I boasted so many times, I was a jerk, please forgive me Anna, next, next time I will not tell one dream also, please. I learned my lesson, I learned my lesson, forgive me. He was asking for forgiveness. I know why you hate me. I know it's all because of my dreams and I always showed off me this, showed off this, this dress. Please enough, please enough, forgive me. Ask forgiveness. And what did they say? You deserve it, you follow. You hurt others, ask them for forgiveness. When you get hurt for no reason, What do you do? Don't try to defend yourself. Third thing, when you have people who are ungrateful in your life, thank God. Because God is not going to forget your labor of love which you have shown to the saints. Jeremiah chapter 18. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does? declares the Lord. Like the clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. You know, one of my favorite TV shows recently that I watched, web series actually, was um, there's a channel called The the Viral Fever. (laughs) Viral Fever. They have a very interesting web series called The Aspirants. Okay, In that Aspirants, he's talking about the IAS, the UPSC people who who, uh, study for the UPSC exams. No? So in that, there's a dialogue, okay? This um, talks about a professor of ceramics in one of the labs in US, okay? A professor of ceramics. You know, ceramics department, right? The people who make pots, okay? There's a department of ceramics also. In the United States, one department is for ceramics, okay? So the professor of ceramics, he had his class and he showed them an end product, okay? So he divided the class into two parts. He said, you know, guys, First part, he said, first, first, uh, first uh, group, he said, you have to make a perfect pot, not even a single mistake, okay? You see the shape? I want to take this model, this, this thing, and you come up with the perfect. It has to be absolutely like the design which I showed you. Okay? Group A, that is your assignment. Group B, make as many pots as you can. Okay? But try to make close to this. So after one week, we'll meet. So after one week, the class came back and the group 
group A, which was asked to make the perfect ceramic or the pot, he showed it and he said, what is this? And he just put it to the side. Then looked at group B. Group B, to his surprise, they tried and tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed. Ultimately, even their failed attempts was better, better than group A. And their ultimate product was as close to the perfect product as possible. You know what he said? Those people who fail most, who failed and allowed God to work through their lives, they will become like this pot which is close to the real pot. Ultimately, we are conformed, we are supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ in our lives, right? And you know what what is God going to take you through? He is going to take you through failure. What? Failure, especially in your relationships and maybe in your careers, whatever your idol is. Okay. He is going to break it. Okay. Break it. Don't get scared, but it is good for you. Okay. It is good for you. He is going to break it. Ultimately, he is going to model and model it, model it, model it. Several failures, several failures. You know what's going to happen? You know what? It was marred in the potter's hand. You know what he took? He took it back again and made it like the pot that he wanted it to be. That is the reason why, you know what Paul will say in First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure where? In earthen vessels. What is an earthen vessel? Earthen vessel is a vulnerable vessel. The vessel which can be hurt. That which can be broken. That which can be made by the master into the vessel that he wants it to be. A vessel of honor. But the problem is, many of us, we take the hurts and we go into a shell. And we never, and you know what we say? Next time, I'm not going to, never going to allow anybody to hurt me. We cut off people from our lives. And we, sometimes, you know what? I will behave as if that fellow doesn't even exist. That is the worst punishment that I can give to him. Best punishment. But you know something? Every time we come back to God, what, do we, what does God do? Forgive him. Nth time, forgiven. 2,500th time, forgive. You come back a million times, what does he do? Forgives. And every time we sin against him, whom are we hurting? Hurting him. So this morning, God has allowed so many hurts to, for, to so many people and we are going through this period of hurt, of pain and sorrow all around the place. But what are you doing with those hurts? What are we doing with those hearts? Are we allowing God, saying, Lord, let not bitterness come out. Let the life of Christ come out. Final verse, Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. And Pharaoh said to his servants, finally, before he becomes the father of Pharaoh, you know what 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 does he say about uh, Joseph? Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom, what is there? the spirit of God. The ultimate deposit of God in our lives is a spirit. That's the reason why it's called the, the earnest of our salvation. That deposit. And what comes out is a spirit of God every time. And he tells his brothers, he says, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for evil. Many hurts, many people have gone through. Parents have hurt children. Children have hurt parents. Pastors might have hurt the congregation. 
congregation might have hurt the pastors. Brothers in the church might have hurt each other. Husbands might have hurt each other. But you know what God says? He says, just as God in Christ forgave you, forgive one another. And you know what is going to happen? Through those hurts, God is going to mold a vessel in whom he can put the spirit of God. Which is the ultimate deposit. Ultimately, what is going to happen? God is going to give you wisdom like no man. Why? The spirit of God is the spirit of what? Of wisdom and of revelation, of counsel and of might and the spirit of the figure of God. So this morning, a lesson to all of us, especially for those people who are going through pain and hurt. Don't waste your hurts. Ask God, Lord, what are you teaching me? What are you teaching me? What did you teach me? And I just ignored. Bring it back to my remembrance so that I will learn the lessons. So that I will become a vessel of honor in your hands. Shall we pray? Father, many of us, O Lord, have stored our hearts in the coffin. where there is no air of the Holy Spirit that can reach it. No breath of God can reach it. Can no word of God break it. For your word says, O Lord, that the word of God is a hammer. But Lord, many of us have put our hearts in a casket that your word can't break. It has become impenetrable. And I pray, Lord, That you would allow every one of us to allow you to work in us. To allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Husbands with wives. Wives with husbands. Children with parents. Parents with children. Congregations with their pastors. Pastors with their congregation. For you said in your word, O Lord, Father, in the last days that you're going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Before the great and the terrible day of the Lord. That you're going to pour out the spirit of Elijah. I pray Lord. That you would find in our church. Especially among us. People O Lord who would not. Who would have not wasted their hurts. Who would have allowed God. To work. Through the hurts. Only when the alabaster flask of ointment was broken, the fragrance came out as long as it was closed. It was precious but not broken. Yes, Lord, we sing that song. You lower us to raise us that we might sing your praises. Whatever we go through, all is well. This morning, O Father, may you find among us those people who will say, Lord, here am I, break me. Those people who are available to be broken. Beginning with me, O Lord. Because we are all afraid. We are all scared. 
But Lord, you loved us. All that we can do in response is in response that we can love you back. You chose us. We did not choose you. You first loved us and therefore we love you. May you find among us those who say, Lord, here am I. Break me. And those who have been hurt, O Lord, let them learn from their hurts. Let the fragrance of Christ come forth through their lives. Heal hearts this morning, O Lord. Heal, heal, O Lord. Jesus, you are the balm of Gilead. Let the anointing of God flow on our minds and our hearts and our souls. Stitch every wound. Pour in the oil and the wine. Bind up the broken heart. Let your spirit, O Lord Jesus, bind up the broken heart. Set the captives free. Free, O Lord, so that one day they will become fathers, lords and rulers. Fathers who have known the Father from the beginning. To whom you can entrust authority. O Lord Jesus, may you find among us such guileless people, heart without guile, mind without conceit and deceit, a spirit without deceit, O Lord. Your word says, O Lord, blessed is a man in whom in whose spirit there is no guile. May you find among us such as one in whom you can deposit and entrust the Holy Spirit. Yes, O Lord, your word says, many believed when they saw the miracles, but Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew the hearts of men. You know our hearts, O Lord. You know our hurts. But I pray, Father, that you would heal you heal, balm of Gilead. Strengthen. Anoint. Heal the brokenhearted this morning. Let us not waste our hearts. Let us richly forgive as you forgive us. You were rejected so that we could be accepted. You were cut off so that you could that we could be crafted in. Oh Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gospel. The power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness which is from faith to faith. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all.